Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Welcome to the Technical Foul Podcast. I'm your host, Manny Fresh, joined by my co-host, Jut. What up? What's good, man? Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Merry New Year's. All that good stuff, man. All that, all that good stuff, for real. I uh, hope everybody had a great holiday season. Uh, as long as as taxing as can be, sometimes I just really hope everybody had a good holiday. Um, I did. What about you, it was good, man. I got to see a lot of family, got to eat a lot, got to sleep around. Like, just, it was a good excuse to be lazy, honestly. Like, the weather was really shitty here. Like, we was having, um, like, negative 10, negative 5 degree days for, like, a week straight. Um, so, it was, like, obviously nobody's going anywhere. So, it was kind of an excuse to just, like, watch TV and stay in your robe and shit. You know what I mean? So, I can't complain. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely. It was, it was, it was cool, man. It was cool. Same here, man. Uh, just family, friends. You know, nothing too major, nothing too crazy. Just yeah, same, exactly. same old, same old, same old, right? Same old, same. Yeah, man. It's it's officially 2018. It's crazy. It felt like 2017 was a blur, though. Like it just literally yeah, felt like. Man, I feel like. I mean, I always base like my like, um, like my constant. <laughs> Yo, Kyrie just embarrassed Kyle Korver. No, um, that's not new. No. Um, like, he didn't even do nothing fancy. It was like a mini hesitation and just, like, drove right past him. Um, but, like, I always base my, like, concept of time based off, like, what sports in season. And I feel like... Me too. Me too. Um, I feel like football season was just starting, like, right around the corner. Like, just, like, not long ago... And, like, reading all the narratives coming into football season and all that. Like, I feel like me and you were just discussing 
like previewing the NFL season. And now here we are, you know, you know, the playoffs are coming for the NFL. Uh, basketball is heading into like the really like dog days. Um, you know what I mean? So it's, 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 it's crazy to me. Yeah, I mean, 2017, I mean, it just felt like, it just really felt like a blur. Like, it just kind of sped through. Like, I, like I, it still felt like it was yesterday when we were Jan- in January 2017. You know, so it just it's just crazy. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's because we're getting old, nigga. Like, maybe just we some old heads yeah, now. So, yeah, I think it just, I think that's what it is. I think we just some old head niggas now. So, the years are starting to, starting to, starting to just creep on by like a motherfucker, yo. But, no, nah, it, it just felt like it was a quick year for real, though. Um... We had a little bit of a hiatus though, too. Though I mean, you know, we we, we last did a show was the week before Christmas, which yeah, uh, yeah. And we were supposed to get we were supposed to link up and do a show, uh, but you guys know with the holidays and whatnot, it's just hard to get everybody together. I mean, you just everybody's running around between work, between family commitments, and all that all that stuff. So yeah. we just decided we just decided it was better to just you know just take the holidays off, come back fresh, recharge, ready to go for the new year. And uh, that's what we're doing. So, yeah, like like I said at the introduction, man, happy new year to everybody. I hope everybody had a happy holiday and all that good stuff. And, uh, you know, just again, thank you for listening subscribe subscribing to the show. Uh, 2017 was, was great and ready to do bigger and better things in 2018. So let's let's do it. Let's get it popping. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. So 2017, the year in sports, um, I, I, th- I think it was like a, I think it was a crazy year in sports for a lot of different reasons, um, because I think you, you really saw, I mean, and we'll get into kind of our own stories and moments that we feel like define 2017, but what, like, if you just, if you just had to pick one thing that really defined 2017 for you. Um, like you'll remember this year or this past year. Like, what's the what's that one thing? Like, damn, I'm gonna think about that like ten years from now. I think honestly, it's gonna sound really cliche, but I think the the first thing when people mention 2017 in sports, is I think it's the whole the kneeling thing. Like, yeah, even though it 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 did at this point, it's, it kind of has jumped the shark. Um, but its intentions were very pure and the dialogue that it forced people to have and it made people be uncomfortable and you know for whichever side that you're on of the fence you know whether you agreed or disagreed or you don't care about it um it it generated a lot of of discussion and a lot of dialogue you know so i think that that's something that moving forward and it's also from the athlete's perspective it's something that people really have rallied on because you know you you always have that um, assumption that athletes don't care about anything but themselves, yada yada yada. Um, so seeing guys donate their money, like um, Chris Long, you know, donating his salary to uh, scholarship funds in Charlottesville, where he's from, um, you know, based off the whole unfortunate incident that happened down there, um, you know, you have guys speaking out about it, and and I think that that's. Uh, you know, something that, you know, we got to thank Colin Kaepernick for and a lot of these guys who decided to step out of their comfort zones and, you know, also put their money where their mouth is because it doesn't matter what you say. Uh, ultimately, it's your actions that are going to define you. And I think that um, the kneeling movement slash the black bowling of Colin Kaepernick is something that I'm going to remember, something I'm probably going to, you know, talk about 10 years from now, 15 years from now, um, just 
kind of is like an admirable moment. Yeah, I feel you. Um, I feel you. I, I had something similar. Um, I think you centered it around the kneeling per se, but I, I kind of centered it around the. This was the really the first year in my lifetime. Um, you know, obviously I wasn't around for the 1960s and the civil rights movement and and the athlete involvement with that. Uh, with that, so I wasn't obviously we, none of us none of us was around for that shit. You know, what I mean, at least me and you anyway. Um, yeah. So this was really the first year that you really had that where sports and politics really mixed on a high level. Um, I mean, you yeah, had, you've yeah. had like minor, I don't want to say minor moments. You've had other moments throughout the years where sports and politics kind of intertwined. But this was really the first year, I mean, you know, indirectly or directly, I, I would say a lot more directly than indirectly with the, with the election of Donald Trump. I really feel like sports and politics more than ever, more than any time in my lifetime, like I said, really intertwined, really connected and, and kind of, you know, kind of became one, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's weird. It's crazy. Cause like never in like, never like us growing up, like you never saw athletes really take a really big position on any kind of social or political issues. I mean, you had some here and there, a few here and there, but for the most part, like prominent athletes, like major athletes. I mean, think about it this past year, 2017, you had Steph Curry, Outside of LeBron, probably the second biggest well-known superstar in the NBA. Outside of LeBron, he called the president an idiot. Like, <laughs> like, or no? I, I think he called him. I think he called him a jackass. I think he called him a jackass or, or an asshole or an ass, something like that. And then LeBron called him a bum. Like, think about that for a second. Like, think about th- like like again. I'm not talking about the 1960s and the civil rights movement and and Jim Brown and 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 Kareem and Muhammad. I, I, obviously, that's that was a whole another level of of social and of us. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a whole different. It's a whole different context. I'm talking about. Think about basically any time from 1975, any time from 1980, basically our lifetime, our generation, we're both millennials, it, from 1982 on till now, basically. Think of any other time that you would have saw one of the most prominent athletes in the NBA. Like, that's like literally like in the 80s, like Larry Bird calling Ronald Reagan a fucking idiot. Like, think about that for a second. It's just mind-blowing. Yeah. Or, like, or 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 Joe Montana or somebody like that basically speaking out against, you know, the Iran-Contra situation. You know what I mean? shit about fucking Bill Clinton's sex scandal. Exactly. Exactly. Like, and I know that things have changed in today's world. Obviously, Twitter, social media has a, yeah. has a big part in that. I, I, athletes are more than ever connected with fans, and fans are more connected with athletes. So there's, there, I guess there's a, there's, there's... The emergence of, of social media has 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 widened the platform for these athletes to speak out on on a myriad of issues, not just social issues. But I, I just think that I, I just think that more than ever, you saw politics and sports kind of dip into each other's worlds, and I think that's a good thing. I mean, rem- you brought up Michael Jordan. I mean, I mean, you brought you brought up Michael Jordan. I mean, remember Michael Jordan famous famously said that Republicans buy sneakers too. You know what I mean? Like he he said that when when he was asked about I, don't, I forget what he was asked about. You know, just probably his stand on some social issue, and you know he you know and there was a generation. There really was a generation when you think about it. That late eighties, nineties, early to mid two thousands generation of athlete. You know, basically the Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods era of athletes, where 
it was frowned upon for athletes to speak out. Like it, like athletes were vehemently like athletes were told not to speak out. Like by 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 agents, by teams, by marketing reps, yeah. by all that. Like like that shit was like a, a fucking taboo. Like you wouldn't have seen that shit. Like you would have never seen Michael Jordan speak out on 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 Bill Clinton's infidelities or or you know what I'm saying the handling of 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 you know Sudan or some shit like that like you would have never heard him say no shit like that never ever like that shit would have never happened you would have never heard Tiger Woods Tiger Woods never took a stand you know against any kind of social issues and to a lot of us I know for me I've always felt like that was a, one of the weaknesses with those athletes of that era. Like they never had any any kind of inkling to say anything that would rub people the wrong way, that were that were that would be any any kind of way controversial. And I understand to a certain point, like these guys have to make money and, you know, their appeal is 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 one of the most important things, but I mean, I think there does come a time where you as an athlete you represent a wider scope than just selling shoes or selling jerseys or just being an athlete and representing an organization like michael jordan you were the biggest athlete in the world like literally michael jordan from 1988 to what 2000 2005 2001 was the biggest athlete in all the world you know what i mean like literally the entire world like you couldn't go anywhere on the planet without knowing who michael jordan was you know what i mean like so for you to not have any kind of, I mean, even when even when when news broke of Nike having sweatshops in in Asia and and you know Nike caught flag for that, you know what I mean Michael Jordan never even spoke out on that, you know what I mean it, it, nothing like nothing that would, and I'm not trying to single out Michael Jordan because he he clearly wasn't the only one, but he he was at the forefront of that generation that athletes had never spoke out, never said shit about any kind of semi controversial issues. So I think it's refreshing now that you see athletes now. Again, Trump is an easy target, so you know it's not like it's not like Bernie Sanders is in office and and niggas is attacking his his free college plan. I mean, it's it's Donald Trump, and he's obviously polarizing to many many people. Um, so so I, I will offer that as a caveat. It's easy now because you have a a a, a foil in Donald Trump. So um, so I mean, but yeah, but I, but I think it's a good thing. I, I really do I think, think it's I really do think it's a good thing. Now, I think it's more of a reflection of, like, athletes are now, like, now you're seeing players that are obviously phenomenal athletes, but they're more like me and you than we've ever seen before. Exactly. We've never, like, the gap between someone like a LeBron and, you know, me Besides like these fucking LeBron James, like let's not get that twisted. But the gap between us as you know as people as black men, like, is not that wide. You know what I mean? But I think in the fact that like you mentioned it, you know, with being you know having access to Twitter and things like that, that puts him more in touch with me, and that puts me uh, me more in touch with him and other fans and other athletes who think the same way. So it creates a sense of togetherness that we have because we all came up at the same time. So yeah, I agree. Absolutely. In touchness, you know, is is definitely more synergetic than what we've seen before, you know, in the past, you know, in this era of connectivity that we have, for better or for worse. Um, because I definitely do think that there's a dark side of the moon to that aspect, but... Um, you know, I do think that that this type of synergy that we're seeing, um, I think it's awesome, and I think it's very refreshing. 
um, to see young people interested in politics and their community and injustices and economics and things like that, and they're trying to solve problems that we've seen for generations. And it's nice to see big name athletes getting involved in that, using their voices, using their platforms, using their money, you know, because that's what makes shit move. You know, money makes the world move. Um, but the fact that some of these athletes are doing all of those things, um, you know, I, I definitely think that it's it's awesome. And I think it's more of a reflection of, you know, the millennial society that's been really kicking this off. I think that that level of parallel uh, parallel is, is really something to speak for. Yeah, I think you brought up a lot of great points. And uh, two points that you really brought up was, uh, you know, the gap or or the gap between us and these athletes is not that much. You know what I mean? Like, because I think for the, and I think, I think what changed is social media. I think that you, you kind of broke down a barrier that you had in place before with athletes. Like, think about it. Like, in the 1960s, 70s, even 80s, you know, in the 90s to a certain extent, like, you didn't really get to know a lot about these athletes. Like, you just, you just yeah. knew, like, you knew Michael Jordan, and I keep bringing up Michael Jordan, but whatever. Like, you knew Michael Jordan because he was Michael Jordan. Like, you, what you saw on TV, stories you read on SI or your local newspaper or whatever, you know what I mean? Whatever, whatever media at the time there was, you know, what I mean? or, or form of media there was at the time, you know, so that's all you knew and commercials. I mean, you got to see a little bit of the personalities and whatnot, but for the most part, that's all you saw in these athletes. And I think what social media has changed is you see a lot of their own personalities. I mean, Instagram, you go on Instagram live and you see LeBron, you know what I mean? Yeah. Getting his haircut to, to young Dolph or some shit. You know what I mean? Like you're seeing more, <laughs> That like you would have never seen that back in the day, and obviously because there was no social media. I mean, you you know, in the nineteen sixties, you know, kids weren't seeing Willie Mays at the barber shop at the barber shop listening to listening to to you know to fucking you know Lionel you know not Lionel Richie to fucking Little Richard. You know, what I mean, you wasn't you wasn't seeing that. You know, what I mean, like that wasn't right. available. So I think that that's the difference now more than ever is that I think that there is a. I don't want to say kin kinship, but I, I, I a more of a down like a, fellow, like a fellowship. I think you could say. I think that's a good term for it. Like, cause put put a good case in point, right? So there's a spot here in town. I think I was telling you about it when you came out this way. Uh, there's a spot over by TD Garden. Um, there's a bar restaurant that every Sunday they do reggae brunch. Yeah. Super dope. Yeah. Um, really cool. It's like a sports bar. And um, they have, like, obviously, like, a reggae band that plays or whatever. But on New Year's Day, they did a special New Year's Day brunch. And fucking Jalen Brown was in there playing piano with the band. That's crazy. Like, just, and you see stuff like that. You're like, oh, damn. Like, I feel like the potential for you bumping into your favorite superstar or your favorite player on a team or a player on a team, you know, here and there. Like, my old office was... 500 feet away from the Patriots practice you know what I mean so you see these guys I, I saw Bill Belichick and fucking Trader Joe's one day near the stadium shopping for beer or shopping for wine you know what I mean so like just you see shit like that and, and that level of connectivity I think is something more that you see now because your public image now is is how you interact with your fans, how you interact with your fan base, how you interact with your community. I think your public image. That's kind of different. I think your public image I now. Go ahead, my bad. No, I was just gonna say that I think it's different than maybe it's because we're older, but like I feel like back in the day, like you see more putting athletes on a pedestal more so than 
you know what you said about your you know so much more about these players because of social media, Instagram. You see their kids, etc. Like I feel like you would see them more as like level. Like you don't put them on that pedestal quite like they were before. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, I still think you. I still think there's 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 athlete worship. Like I still think you put certain athletes yeah, on, sure, on, sure. on. I think there's still that level. I, I think I think the image. Is, is is a big thing because now like back in the day image used to be everything like your public image your public yeah. perception was everything and I think that the, the barrier the wall whatever you want to use as an adjective a description of it like that's been broken down because now you see more of these folks and and, and I'm not saying that there still isn't some image consciousness going on because I mean you still see certain athletes that still put on an image or whether it's fake phony how much of that is themselves who knows but I, I think that that's that's kind of tumbled you don't see that anymore like now your best public image is being authentic is being who you are is being relatable in a sense you know what i mean you know it's like it's not cool to just be a robotic you know you know we play hard and that's why we won type of quote athlete like you know what i mean sometimes you almost want that athlete to speak up and say crazy shit or off the wall shit and i think that and not to get too bogged down and this was just one aspect that i was bringing up but I think that that's what you see the negative side of things come out because for, and I think it's really generational, which is another aspect that you brought up. I think it really is generational. I think you're seeing the millennial fan be the the prominent generation of fan now. You know, the, the you know, the, the, obviously the, the baby boomers are slowly, you know, unfortunately, you know, phasing out. And then you got the Gen X now, and then you got the Millennials. And then the Gen Xers are kind of railing against the Millennials because the Gen Xers came up in a time where athletes behaved a certain way. They didn't act a certain way. They weren't boastful. They weren't arrogant. They weren't cocky. They weren't all this other shit. And then Millennials, it's a completely different scope. Like now you want athletes to display personality, to display emotion, to display a level of authenticity that you wouldn't have seen back in, you know, 1975 or some shit like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's the, the the personality shift, the world shift, and, and people's view on it. I think that's always going to reflect athletes, you know. And it's just, honestly, what it really boils down to is, like, the world is so different now. You know what I mean? And I think Yeah, the world why, is very different now. You know, some of the yeah. Gen Xers, you know, some of the Gen Xers and the baby boomers and, and things like that. You know, I think that's why a lot of people are really down on millennials because of the lack of understanding and it does go both ways it's a two-way street uh but i feel like that shit rolls more downhill from age to age more so than the other way around you know what i mean yeah i i i agree i agree i i think it is i think it definitely is a generational shift and and it's crazy because i just took a generation class generations in a workplace so it, it just kind of it sprung that on me like it's crazy because you really think about it now it's like it really is a generational shift in sports now where you're seeing even in the fan even in, from the fan perspective like you got to think about it now millennials now are what 25 to 30 so they're becoming the the consumers the the, the dominant figure when it comes to fans who people target you know that 18 to 34 range my bad. I'm, one of these days, Jason Tatum's gonna finish one of these dunks, but the rim keeps stunning him every time. <laughs> <laughs> it's that light skin shit, man. Y'all, need, you know, you know, y'all light skin niggas. You know, y'all, you know, y'all light skin niggas fall short sometimes, bro. Nah, lately it's all been light skin niggas have been yamming on people. Yeah, we had a run of Blake Griffin. We had Zach Levine. Uh, what's my man down in um, Orlando? Aaron Gordon. Uh, Aaron Gordon. Yeah. yeah, 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 y'all, y'all had a little comeback for a little bit. Steph, Steph was really brought y'all back. Mm-hmm. Steph is like the light skin god, dog. 
He's the, he's the, like the final boss of like all light skins. Like once you beat, once you once you beat all the all the light skin niggas, you gotta face Steph. It's true. He's the final. He's, he's the, the final, final boss. boss. Yeah, he's the final <laughs> boss. But but yeah, man. I mean, I I, th- I, th- I definitely think generation generational gaps have have definitely been blended in sports, and I think that's why you're seeing so much some of the outcries, some of the the, the negative the negative criticism of athletes, of the whole kneeling thing, of everything. But um, if I had to pick one moment, like I said, going back to kind of centering it back to our, our, our main discussion, I think definitely the inter- in- intertwining of, of politics and sports now. And I think definitely, obviously, Agent Orange, our president, has a lot to do with that shit because obviously from the whole, from basically his just, his just election, period, I mean, that caused an uproar. And then everything that he's done since then has not, you know, has not, you know, inspired a lot of confidence in anybody, I don't think. So besides the fucking idiots who voted for him. So, you know, I think that I think I think he's the easy target. I mean, I, I think it'd be different if, you know, what I'm saying even if Bush was in office, like because I mean, you had athletes speaking out against the war in Iraq. You had athletes speaking out against Bush, but it wasn't as prominent or as popular as it is now. And and, you know, you think about it, that was a decade ago. But yeah, I mean, things change even in 10 years. I mean, even in 10 years, perceptions and social norms change. So it's so it's just interesting to look at. But um, just kind of coming back to, to the year in review, though. Um, what are your kind of top, just off your top of your head, what are your top five stories of 2017? Obviously, we got the kneeling out of the way, so just give me four yeah, more. The kneeling thing would be one of them. Uh, say the KD move. Um, well, that was more 2016. Kyrie. That was more 2016. Yeah. yeah well, you would say, what, well, you would say the Warriors winning with KD, obviously. The Warriors winning with KD, that whole, you know, coming back. Um, the Kyrie trade was a big deal. Not so much, obviously, because I'm a Celtics fan, but I wasn't, like, super high on the trade. I was kind of, like, and eh, waiting. Yeah, you were down on it, yeah. Um, but I just think... Huh? Well, I said you, were, you weren't, like, all gun-ho about that shit. I remember. No, nah, I wasn't. I was very, like, wait and see. You know what I mean? Uh, it's, so far, it's worked out. Um, yeah, I would say. <laughs> you don't see, you don't see, like, that type of move. Like, it's crazy. You know what I mean? So I think... That's a big thing for sports. Um, let me see. What else? That's two. Well, that's three. That's two. Fuck. That's three. That's three. Yeah, it's like really three. If you, yeah, if you so, you, so give me two more. Uh, give me two more. Um, a bi- another big thing is, is fucking USA not making the World Cup. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, every World Cup yeah. since the eight for 20 years. Yeah. Um, and making the World Cup is not difficult. So to speak, especially in our fucking bracket, especially in Uh, our bracket, we don't play in a very difficult, um, you know, area of play. So, you know, there's that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think Um, it pissed every American off, even niggas that don't don't even watch soccer. Niggas was like, what? The U.S. What? Nigga, what? Yeah, yeah. I think I think everybody had that same reaction. Yeah. Um. Let me see. What else? What am I for? I know I'm forgetting like one major story. Cause I just feel like everything like in today's like information age, like shit that happened six months ago seems like it was so long ago. Like yeah, I know, right? Like even shit that happened like in November feels like it was like weeks yeah. ago, man. Yeah. It's it's um. Let me see. What else am I missing? It's cool. I think you got. A, I think you got a good. I got a good thing. I finished the rest of it off, nigga. I, I pick you up, nigga. I, I, you know, I mean, I pick you up. You know, it's always it's always a Hispanic nigga got to pick up the light skin nigga. You know what I mean? 
That's because y'all used to manual labor. Whoa. Okay, Donald Trump. Okay, Steve Bannon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, my top five stories. Um, I'm gonna put like sports and politics mixing as it's kind of a, a separate category, just kind of a theme more so than than stories. But um, you know, my top five. Uh, number one, I, I would say uh, Houston, Houston Strong. That was probably number five for me. Uh, everything from the hurricane uh, hitting that area. Um, and the hurricane relief started by by JJ uh, Watt thirty I think thirty four million or whatever how many I, uh-huh. the shitload of money that he raised to help the victims and that amazing job that he did um, you know that he started and and the relief that he was able to raise for that that was a big story and then of course the Houston Astros winning one of the best World Series in a long time against the Dodgers in seven games I think that whole the Houston theme was was number five just kind of how they how the sports teams and the sports figures kind of rallied to, to to bring some some joy back to that to that city that was ravaged by a fucking hurricane um Rockets look pretty good too so far yeah until they fucking decided to be the Rockets again and lose like four or five straight and James Harden yeah. I guess we could take James Harden out of the Hall of Fame fucking bum but anyway this is this is more of the positive end of things, but yeah, no, I mean JJ Watt and, and the Astros, JJ Watt raising thirty something million in, in hurricane relief, and 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 the Astros winning a championship, and and um, I thought that was probably the number five story for me of the year. Um, number four was the comeback, um, and we had several comebacks this year, but the the comeback, uh, twenty eight to three, uh, still to me. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. Yeah. Still, to me, that will live in infamy. I mean, the Falcons, to me, and we'll talk about the Falcons and the playoffs in, in our next segment. But uh, how do you blow a twenty-eight to three lead? I mean, how, how do you and the Patriots winning? But I think that's that was more about the Falcons when it come I mean, because even as even as unlikely as that comeback was, like it, it's still the Patriots, and deep down inside, it's like you're not surprised. You're more surprised that the Falcons blew that lead because again, like I said, it when it happened um, twelve months ago. When you have a twenty-eight to three lead in three quarters of the Super Bowl, you have to win. I, I don't care what happened. I don't care who's playing on the other side. I don't care if it's Tom Brady throwing to fucking Joe Montana, like and 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 the eighty-five Bears defending against you. When you have a twenty-eight to three lead, win the game. I don't want to hear excuses. I don't want to hear well this or that or you know the defense or just awful play calling by 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 Shanahan and and Dan Quinn didn't exactly distinguish himself as being Bill Parcells either. So. Um, Nope. Um, and the Falcons, to me, I mean, they're gonna have a hard time ever living that down. I mean, they they've. I said it. I said it then. I'm gonna say it now. The Falcons literally have to get to another Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl. Like that's the only way they will ever live that shit down. Like, it just. I, I don't care what the. I mean, the Falcons can literally win 60 games. You know, 60 game or you know, not 60 games, but you know what I mean. Like a total of 60 games in in. 10 years or some shit like that and I, it doesn't matter they can win 12 games every year they can they can constantly make it to the, the nfc championship it doesn't matter until they get to a super bowl and win it that's the only way they'll be able to live with that shit down so 28 to 3 to come back in the super bowl pats against the, uh, the falcons that's my number four for me um number three um May- mayweather and mcgregor i mean 
Say what you want to say about it. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't the greatest sporting spectacle. Obviously, I mean, from a fight perspective, I mean, it was a de- it was. That it happened. Yeah, the fact that it happened, the hype and the media surrounding. Although I got tired and sick of it by the end. I think it's as most bad. people did. After, after the first press conference, I was like, I'm not watching anymore. Yeah, it, it got cheesy and old real quick, and you knew what they were going for. But I mean, just the spectacle. Yeah. But just the spectacle of it, the, the 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 notoriety of it. I think you have to put it on the list on any list of top things that happened in 2017. Obviously, um, that has to go in there. I mean, you know, it, it was it was a it was a sideshow. And for however crazy sideshows are or whatever, um, you know, the Mayweather-McGregor fight um, was was our generation's battle of the sexes. Not Obviously not quite the same thing, but, you know, it, it was just one of those things that you never thought you'd see. And you saw it here. So, um, Bro, that was the, literally the real-life version of Rocky versus fucking... Uh, Thunderlips from fucking Mr. T. Yeah, I mean, basically, I, I brought a battle of the sexes, you know, Billie Jean King versus uh versus old boy, but yeah. but no, nah, I mean, yeah, yeah, basically, like it was basically like fucking Thunderlips versus Rocky and some shit, you know what I mean? So <laughs> it was crazy. It is is really crazy. Um, so yeah, oh, real quick, let me add one. Uh, Russ finishing the season with a triple double, even though he spanned a lot of it, that's still pretty fucking incredible. Yeah, yeah, I would say that's outside of the top five for me. But yeah, yeah, that's definitely it's definitely like top ten worthy. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Hey, we're getting the Cavs the fuck out of here. <sighs> Fucking Cavs, man. Um, number three every, for everybody. Everybody's like, oh, the Cavs don't care about the regular season. Okay. Number three, um, the college basketball scandal. Um, for me, yeah, number three. That's good. The 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 uh, pay for play scandal, the FBI sting scandal, whatever the fuck you want to call it, um, involving four prominent schools: Louisville, Arizona, uh, I believe Auburn. No, it wasn't Auburn. It was somebody else. Um, but the two prominent schools was Louisville and Arizona, and obviously the, that scandal costing Louis, you know, Rick Pitino his job, possibly his career. Um. And I ranted, I mean, I fucking flamed everyone a couple, you know, a few weeks, a few months ago when this shit first broke. Um, why are we surprised? I mean, why is anybody surprised that college basketball is dirty? I mean, it, 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 it's a cesspool. We all know it. We all know it's a cesspool. Is anybody surprised? And, 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 and I've, had, I've had back and forth exchanges with, with Louisville fans and, and Arizona fans. Oh, our coaches didn't know anything. Bull fucking shit. Does anybody believe that Louisville, that fucking Rick Pitino didn't know that fucking Brian Bowen was getting paid? Come on now. Come on now. Again, like I said, like I said on my podcast when this news fucking broke, I think in July or some shit. Louis coaches like Rick Pitino and I'll throw Michael. I'm not a hypocrite. I'll you know I don't think Mike Shostakovich doing shit like this. But would it surprise me if it ever came out? What does it surprise me? Because all these guys want to do is coach basketball, win their 35, 40 games, and have a chance to win a national championship. That's all they want to do. They don't care about whether these guys go to Anthropology 505. They don't care about you know. They don't care about if these guys. I mean, some of them do. I think Shostakovich for the most part does. But the majority of these guys, they want to fucking. They want to win their freaking 30 games, make the tournament, and have a chance to compete for a championship. That's all they want to do. They don't care about all the other shit. They're not here to be, you know, play daddy. They're not here to be fucking some some 
some mythical hero. Like they're not they're not here for that. The days of Joe Paterno and, and all that shit, that shit is gone. Impact college sports in general is a cesspool. And all these guys want to do is win. That's it. So why does it surprise anybody? But I, I think it was a big story because I think for people that because I because believe it or not, there's still people like sipping the Kool-Aid. Like there were still people sipping the Kool-Aid, like, oh, College, college sports is dirty? Like, yeah, nigga, college sports is dirty. Like, why is it a surprise? Like, why is it a shock? Why is it an outrage? I don't know why. Dog, no, you don't know how many people still act like college basketball. And, and, and it's not a lot, but it's more it's more people that show for and coon for programs. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, the Louisville fan is going to feel like they didn't do anything wrong. Obviously, fucking, I mean, there's still Penn State fans that, that feel like, you know, they didn't they didn't do anything wrong or whatever. I mean, so, so obviously, there's a lot. It's more of that than, per se, just general fan bases or general fans in general like saying oh being inept or clueless or 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 aloof to these things but you know there's still people that still feel like college sports is is on the up and up but it's not i mean just think just look at the one and done these kids don't go to school like come on it's physically impossible for them to go to class I mean, maybe, like, maybe Marvin Bagley is taking a couple serious courses, but for the most, I mean, maybe at a school like Duke. Oh, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to coon for for my favorite fucking program, obviously, because because again, would it surprise me that Marvin Bagley is taking no fucking classes? It wouldn't surprise me. I think Duke is probably held to a different standard from a from an academic standpoint. I mean, it is fucking Duke. Yeah, then then you know Auburn, you know. But I mean, yeah. look at I mean. Some of these niggas. Do you think Ben Simmons at LSU was going to fucking class? Do you think Ben Simmons was taking African American studies? Get the fuck out of here. He wasn't doing that shit. This nigga was taking. This nigga was taking gym class. Maybe a maybe American history. You know, two o two or some shit. And that's it. That's he it. Was taking intro classes. It's, yeah, this nigga was not taking uh, anthropology. I'll say that. Nah, he wasn't no. ta- he wasn't taking uh you know senior level or grad level uh political science I'll say that yeah he wasn't in like no social policy or <laughs> no no he wasn't <laughs> taking calculus or some shit yeah yeah you know that that definitely wasn't happening and it is what it is so that that's my story yeah, I, I mean fuck it I mean but it's a story that really and it's and, and that's a story that's still carrying over into 2018 because there's still a lot of a lot of a lot of blocks to fall from from that there's still a lot of things to come out from that i mean because we're just i mean it's just the beginning i mean there's still the fbi investigation going on um there's still going to be indictments involved i mean there's still a lot of shit that's going to pop off from that story so we haven't even seen the last of that story um you know break so um, we'll see. We'll, we'll probably we'll probably be back here next year at the end of next year or next January, and and talking about that story growing and being even bigger. So we'll see. But for 2017, that's my number three story. Um, number two, Colin Kaepernick collusion. Um, I, I, I don't I don't know how anybody still believes that this man didn't get colluded against. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, to me, you literally have to either just be close mindedly blind. Or just inept or clueless. Like the man is getting. I mean, John Mara basically said it. In as many words, he said it. That the owners are colluding against him. I mean, he is suing the owners. He is suing the league for collusion. Yep. Like they're clearly colluding against him. I mean, dog. When when Brandon Whedon, Brandon Whedon. Gets a job before Colin Kaepernick. I don't care if you think Colin Kaepernick is overrated. He stinks. He w- There's not a fan in America that would take Brandon Whedon over Colin Kaepernick. 
Forget his just think for a second. Forget what he what his political views are. If he never, there's not a fan in America that would take Brandon Wheaton over fucking Colin Kaepernick. And if you would, you're fucking stupid. You're stupid, and you don't know football. Geno Smith has a job. Geno Smith has a job. But Colin Kaepernick can't. Brent Brent Hundley has a job. Exactly. Exactly. Tom Savage. Tom Savage. Houston couldn't fucking do anything. Their season crumbled as soon as Deshaun Watson went out. I'm not going to. Dog. Tom Tom Savage, dog. Oh, as I like to call him, Fred Savage. Fred Savage, dog. Fred Savage. My nigga from the Wonder Years got a job in the NFL. Before Colin Kaepernick. So collusion. And I feel like that's a story that that's still to be played out. I mean, you know, that that that's that's still ongoing. Who knows what more is going to come out of it? And I think it's I, I, while the kneeling has kind of run its course and whatever, I, I think the Colin Kaepernick thing is just beginning because I think it's going to grow. I think if next year comes and he still doesn't have a job, I don't think he's ever going to play in the league again. I, I think I think the owners. I don't are, think so either. I, I think it's past that point now. I think now it's 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 martyrdom. It's martyrdom, and I think it's it's. He's gonna become the new Kirk Flood, you know. He's gonna it's he's gonna signify something bigger, and yep. I think it's gonna yep. be I think it's gonna be an ongoing ongoing story because I think it is gonna go somewhere. I think I think he is gonna sue this league. I think I don't think he's gonna retract his lawsuit. I don't think he's gonna pull back. I think he feels like he was st- done fucking wrong, and I think he's gonna take it all the way as far as he can. Because right now he feels like oh, I don't got nothing to lose. I'm never gonna play in the league anyway. So at this point, yeah, why matter. not why not fucking burn the whole fucking system down? So. Um, I think Colin Kaepernick in that I mean, whole situation. Imagine, imagine if he gets involved because he, he wants to get involved with the with ownership. Can you imagine? Dad, like, oh, let me say something they, about that. They, let they, me say something about that. Uh, Diddy, stop. Uh, you ain't buying the fucking Carolina Panthers. They will never let not. Nick. They are not letting P. Diddy anywhere near fucking the Panthers. You can come to you can come to you can come to Charlotte, nigga, but you ain't buying the team. So. You can come here on con, you know. You can come here on on a tour date or some shit, but nah, you ain't buying the Panthers, nigga. But but I get what you're saying. Yeah, he's trying to get involved in in in, in, in a in an ownership role in a front office role. Um, and I, I, the league is gonna do everything possible to stop this dude. They they don't they no yep. hell no. They'll take Donald Sterling before they ever take Colin Kaepernick or fucking Puff or anybody. Fuck that. These niggas ain't stupid. That's my number four. And then my number one is is. The obvious one, for me anyway, the 2017 was the fall from grace of the NFL. And this was the first year that you really saw the NFL show cracks in the armor. Um, from and not even just from not even take the Colin Kaepernick thing aside, you know, I mean that whole situation is enough to kind of build the big ass crack in the NFL shield. But everything from the officials to the garbage-ass product, to fucking quarterbacks getting hurt, which resulted in the garbage-ass product, to the lack of true parity. I've, I've ranted about this on the podcast many a times with you, with Luke, um, that I feel like, par- like you know, the NFL likes to puff his chest out that, oh, we're in a league built on parity. No, it's phony parity. Because realistically, there's only about three teams that can actually win a Super Bowl. Like, literally, like, three. Like, maybe uh, you throw in a wild card, there, here and there, but for the most part, there's three teams that legitimately have a shot to win a Super Bowl. I would say, I would argue this year maybe two, 
You know what I mean? So that, to me, that's to me, the NFL right now is a league of a bunch of nine and seven and six and ten teams. I mean, that's really what it is. It's a it's a team. It's a it's a league built off nine and seven and seven and nine, and a couple of just horrendous teams, i.e. the Browns. Like that's it, really. Like the gap between five and eleven and eleven and five has never been any slimmer. It really hasn't. So the the parity aspect of it is overblown. The, obviously, the officials. I mean, what's a fucking catch? What's a touchdown anymore? I mean, it's 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 really yeah, it's really getting it's, it's really getting sickening because it's like, bro, it, it's taking away from the enjoyment of the sport, man. I mean, like it really. I can't I can't enjoy the shit anymore, man. It's like, I, I, and I know I'm a little biased because my fucking team was robbed. Like, I, I the Jets were legitimately robbed three games this year on overturned touchdown catch. Like literally, like genuinely, like had those calls have stood, the Jets would have won those games. We were robbed. We were robbed. And it, and it just, as a fan, it just makes you sick. And, and it's not because it was my team. I mean, I hate the Bills, but the Bills were robbed a couple weeks ago in, in Foxborough. Like, how do you not call that a touchdown? Like, it, it just, it, to me, it's the league being reactionary to the whole Calvin Johnson thing a few years ago, um, opening day, that catch that he had. Um, and they were reactionary to that. And, 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 and in, their, in their haste to kind of fix that or correct whatever, whatever wrong they felt they saw or felt they heard or whatever, they, they made this, this stupid-ass rule and this stupid-ass ruling and perception of what a catch is and what a catch isn't. Um, and, and it's just it, – uh, to me, it's hurt the league. It's hurt the game. It's hurt the league. And it's just terrible. It's just terrible. Um, I just think for the and then obviously the ratings decline. Obviously the product, the the kneeling, all that has a has a has a negative effect on that. Of course, I mean it's just been this is really the first year that the NFL has really kind of shown some vulnerability, and I don't know if they're going to get it back. I, I really believe like I'm not going to say now that the NFL is going to go back to you know go into hockey territory. Of course not. I mean they're still the number one sport. They're still out beating everybody as far as fucking ratings. So let's let's not get it twisted. But their ratings are falling. Their ratings are down. And just the apathy for the league right now is just high. I mean, it's just high. I mean, look at this weekend's playoff games. I mean, and we'll get to those. But, I mean, there's not a sexy matchup there. There's not a matchup that you're like, wow, I got to watch all these games. Like, I mean, there's some skippable matchups. I mean, there's some intriguing ones, but there's some skippable you know, matchups there. Now, of course, obviously, everything will be decided when when we when they actually play the game. Obviously, for all we you know, we're talking all this shit now, and then come Saturday, you know, we have three classics on our hands. It, you know, it'd be different. But for the most part, I mean, I just think the league this year really suffered, and I think it was the first time, really, in my lifetime. I mean, in our both our lifetimes, the NFL has been king. I mean, it just it has been a a behemoth that has been unfuckwittable, and I think this is the first year that you that you that it's come back to the pack a little bit. It still has a wide lead, but it's come back to the pack a little bit, and I, I don't know if they're gonna get it back. I really don't. I really don't. I think this shit is cyclical anyway, so I, I don't know if they're gonna get it back. But that's my top five stories of 2017, man. Obviously, you could throw the Russ triple double in there. The Warriors winning a championship. I mean, there's a top ten, top twelve list, but those were the five like big storylines that really, in my eyes, dominated 2017. Um, um, yeah. What are your thoughts on that list? I think it's pretty good, man. Like, obviously, like I, I didn't write this shit down before, and I should have. Um, but I think all of the things that you brought back were definitely like you know heavy heavy button issues um especially with the the demise of the nfl um you know one thing that i would add to that just another wrinkle to that is the is the uh concussion awareness now i think that 
you know, obviously that has a lot to do. I think that's ultimately going to undo um, things in the long run for the NFL. I think that's going to be the major problem, you know, as we move forward. One thing that I would want to add that is related to that, that was a big-ass story this year sports-wise and, and you know, people-wise was the whole Aaron Hernandez thing. Um, you know, just a crazy-ass story. Um, there's, especially up here, um, you know, where he was in prison up here, um, obviously, he was a Patriot uh, player and things like that. Um, but that dominated headlines for a while up here. Just you know, everything in in this in this uh, in the news and the stories and things like that. So um, you know, that's definitely on the outside looking in now that I think about it. You know, just kind of jog my memory. And then the researchers at BU saying that you know they had never seen a case of CTE that severe in someone of that age and things. So it kind of makes you think like damn, is this the reason, you know, for the way that he acted or, you know, not to give him a pass or anything because, you know, you take someone's life, um, you know, definitely there's something wrong, but, um, you know, and, and you deserve to, you know, pay the consequences for that. However, you know, if there is some sort of issue that's, you know, you know, we've seen that this strain of aggression in CTE patients, uh, what's my man's name that played, uh, you remember the dude that played for the Chiefs? That like killed himself in the parking lot. Oh yeah, Javon yeah, Belcher, yeah, Javon yeah. Javon, Belcher, Javon Belcher, like yeah, Javon Belcher, yeah. Yeah. So you know there is a bit of a precedence for that. So you know just that turning over a page and, and having people looking, they're like, oh shit, you know. So now they they we're at the point with CTE research that they're like, you know, we're gonna soon be able to diagnose CTE in a living patient, which is huge. Um, so I think that's, you know, definitely a big story that I just kind of want to tuck in there. You know, definitely. I mean, that's a big story every year, though. That's a big story every year because, I mean, it's 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 one of those things that's that's constantly evolving. I, I mean, every year, year. This year was the first year that it really took that step, um, you know, especially like with players, you know, just to piggyback again off the product on the field. But, you know, we have players having many seizures on the field. Yeah, you yeah. Know, and they come out, and they come out and go under that that tent, and then they come back in, you know, two plays later. Like it's completely unacceptable. Um, so I think that's, um, you know, I, I think that's a, a big deal. But I mean, you know, I'll probably in my head later, you know, later on, two, you know, two hours from now, I'll be like, oh shit, blah 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 blah. I, I think you forgot one already. I think you forgot one already. My nigga OJ was released finally. You know what I mean? Shout out to my nigga OJ, bro. I'm kidding, of course. <laughs> fuck, fuck OJ. He's a scumbag. We all know that, but yeah. So OJ got released this year too. That's a that's a big one. That's a that's a big one that qualifies, I guess. You know, OJ's the juice is back on the loose. White girls beware, <laughs> beware. Yeah, man. But let's let's talk about the playoffs, man. I mean, we've been talking about football. Let's talk about the playoffs. Obviously, uh, the 2017 NFL season is in the books. Uh, for all the issues, for all the problems, for all the tumultuousness that tumultuousness that that I can't pronounce that fucking word by the way. But anyway, the the the, the drama going on in 2017, uh, we had a hell of a finish on Sunday. I mean, specifically Raven, uh, you know, uh, the Ravens at the Bengals and the Bengals pulling, or the Ra- Bengals at the Ravens, should I say, and the <laughs> Bengals pulling off uh, Andy Dalton of all folks pulling off a fucking just a miracle, uh, a highway robbery. <laughs> so. Uh, it was crazy. It was crazy, but we have our playoff matchup set. Uh, AFC side of things, it's going to be the Bills against the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
Um, and then you have uh, the Titans at the Chiefs. Um, real quick, just give me your prediction on those games. Um, I think the, the intriguing match, both of them are intriguing in their own way. Um, Bill's Jaguars has, I think that one's going to be a little bit more interesting. I agree. The Jags defense, obviously, is fucking dominant. I, the Bills have a great defense. I honestly, the Bills are though are like one of those teams that like they just win games even when you don't. Like you're like, yo, how the fuck did they win? They don't do anything super spectacularly, um, but they win games. Um, I'm, the thing about the Jaguars is that their defense is amazing, but Blake Bortles is their quarterback, so it's always going to be a question mark for me. Um, he had a, good, a stretch of, a, uh, you know, like three weeks or four weeks or so where he had pretty good games. Uh, the past couple of weeks, he's been, you know, back to being Blake Mortals. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I just, I don't trust them. Um, you know, I, has Fournette been hurt? Is he still hobbled? Yeah, he's still, he's still, yeah, yeah, he's still a little hobbled or whatever from the injury. Supposedly he's going to play so, this week, but... You know, and and, Mich- yeah, and McCoy and McCoy is hurt too. So, you know, supposedly he's still banged up, or yeah, he might play, yeah. won't play. It will be a game time decision. So we'll see. Right. Yeah. I think. I think unless you a hundred percent can't go, I don't think you miss this game. No, he's not missing a game. Uh, no. You know. So. I don't think anyway. You know, I just think that's. I think that's that's going to be a good matchup, and then I so I think. Um, I think the Jaguars, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think the Jaguars are going to win. Uh, I think it's going to be kind of an ugly game. Um, we're not going to see a lot of, you know, high offensive output. This is going to be a defensive matchup, lots of field position type, you know, uh, of game, a strategic game, if you will, to put a fancy spin on it. Um, Titans-Chiefs might be, like, low-key shootout. Um, Chiefs defense hasn't been that great. Uh, Titans offense hasn't been that great. Their play calling stinks. Um, I think they're going to get, you know, eventually they're going to have to get a new offensive coordinator. Uh, a couple of my friends um, that I know are Titans fans that hate their offensive coordinator. I think that I think that team has uh, underachieved so much this year. I, I, the Titans, to me, yeah. were a team that I, I just expected to be so much better this year. And the fact that they had to struggle. I mean, they had to basically, by the skin of their teeth, make the playoffs is enough of an issue for me. So, yeah, go ahead. My bad. I didn't mean to. Yeah, no, no, no. I think, like... <clears throat> It's just they they definitely have not hit the mark that I think a lot of their fans and, and pundits, you know, expectations. Um, but um, the Chiefs, I don't know, the Chiefs are just a weird case. They started off the, the season, like, super hot uh, and then kind of fell from grace. But the Titans have been kind of squeaking by, so I don't know. I'm predicting I think there are going to be some ugly matchups this weekend. Well, on the AFC side of things. Uh, for me, I, I, I agree with you. I think the Bills-Jacksonville matchup is the most intriguing one of, of, of Saturday. Um, I, I don't love the Bills' offense to me. I just don't trust it. Uh, Tyrod Taylor's a competent quarterback, or at least a decent quarterback. Uh, McCoy, if he's healthy, obviously can run the football. They got Tolbert, but I, their receivers are suspect. I, I just don't love their offense. They just can't score. Um, Jacksonville, to me, I love their defense. Jacksonville's defense is incredible. I just I, Bortles is the big question mark for me. I, I, I don't know what to expect. I, I mean, is it, it, it if you tell me it's the Blake Bortles that had a hell of a game a few weeks ago, a few weeks back? then Jacksonville wins easily, in my opinion. But, I mean, if it's Blake Bortles like he's been the last three or four games, I mean, I, I just 
I don't know. I, 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 this is an, it's intriguing because you don't know what to expect from either side. I mean, it, it, would it surprise me that Buffalo lays a complete egg and gets their asses stomped out? It wouldn't surprise me. And would it surprise me if Buffalo goes in there, plays a hard, solid, fought, hard fought, solid game and, and upsets Jacksonville? I, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, if I had to pick one, I'm going to go with Buffalo. I, you know, I don't know. I just have a funny feeling about Buffalo. They're, they're, they're kind of the Cinderella of the playoffs right now. Um, first time in fucking basically 20 years almost since they made the fucking playoffs. Uh, I, I think I think uh, I think Buffalo's going to pull off the upset. Upset. I just I don't I can't trust Blake Bortles, man. I just I can't, I just inside of me in my bone I can't trust Blake Bortles. And I don't love Tyrod Taylor either, but I I, I mean I just can't yeah. trust. I mean I love Tyrod Taylor more than I do Blake Bortles any day, but I, I just I, no I, I can't go with Blake Bortles. I, to me. Blake Bortles is the kind of guy that if you have if you if you give him enough rope, he's gonna hang himself and he's gonna hang you with him. So uh, to me, I, I just think that Jacksonville is gonna get upset, in my opinion. As far as Tennessee and Kansas City, I think Kansas City. I know it's easy to say, man, Kansas City has struggled. You know, they went through that stretch. I really think it was a lull. I think it was a lull. I, I really do. I, that team, because even those games that they lost, they really could have won any one of those games. I mean, it wasn't really a game that they got stomped out or blown out in. I mean, a lot of those games came down to one possession or or just bad play calling or bad decision making or you know Marcus Peters walking off the goddamn field and getting a fucking or getting a penalty or doing something stupid. So I, I just think it was a lull. But I, I like the way they finished off the season because that team could have instantly collapsed when they got the six and six. I mean, it could have been ugly for that team. And they they kind of rallied the horse. They, you know, they rallied the troops. They they circled the wagons. Whatever you want, whatever analogy expression you want to use, they they got back on the, on the sword and and. And, and defended their position and, and won the division. I, I like Kansas City. I, I just like that team. Their defense is not as solid as it used to be. Their defense still has some holes in it, but I, I just I don't like what I've seen from Tennessee. I, I really don't. Um, I don't even think they. I mean they they beat they beat up Jacksonville this weekend, but I didn't even I didn't even like what I saw there. So um, I, I I think I think Kansas City wins big in my opinion. I, well, I wouldn't say big. I, I think they win by ten. I think it's a close game for the most part. I think Kansas City pulls away late. I think Kansas City is going to win. I think it's going to set up a matchup with Kansas City and New England next weekend. I just I like what I've seen from Kansas City. Um, and transitioning over to the NFC side of things, uh, you got the uh, you got the Panthers at the Saints, and you got the Falcons at the uh, and you got the Falcons at the Rams, and those are some intriguing games, also, man. Um, I'm gonna go with Falcons and 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 Rams first. Um, this is an interesting matchup because, man, I, I I just I haven't liked what I've seen from the Falcons all year either. They've been a team that to me I I, I don't I I'll say this I, I forever never trust that team. I don't trust that team. I will never, ever, ever trust that team until they show me something in a big spot again. Again, this is a team that blew a 28 to three lead in the Super Bowl. So I, I will never trust that team again. Um, the thing that worries me about the Rams is their is their youth and inexperience. That's what worries me about that yeah. team. This is the first time at the big dance for a lot of those guys on that team. You know, so how are they going to handle it? You know, young teams they tend they could either be too revved up or they could be a little nervous and shy. You know, I, who knows? Man, I struggle with this pick because I mean, you could go both ways in this matchup. 
I'm going to go with the Rams. I think the Rams, first playoff in a long time, you know, um, Gurley, Goff, that defense. I just think that the Fal- I, I just think the Rams are going to be a little bit too much for the Falcons, and I just I can't I just I physically can't trust the Falcons. I can't trust Bortles, and I can't trust the Falcons. It's just I just, I just can't do it. Yeah, um, yeah, I I agree. I mean, I the Falcons have definitely underwhelmed. Um, you know, last year they looked like world beaters. Um, Matt Ryan was had a you know MVP caliber season, and he's obviously. regressed. Um, you know, he was lighting it up, and this year, you know, the defense hasn't been there. Um, Vic Beasley disappeared, yeah. um, and I just think that uh, the Rams' dominant defensive line, I think that's going to slow. Um, I think it's going to slow the Panthers down, and I think Jared Goff's they're Falcons. they're going to run Gurley, and they're they're going to run him. Uh, the Rams, they're going to run Gurley, and they're going to run him, and they're going to run him. And honestly, like we. The Rams do have a young coach, but don't forget they also have Wade Phillips. Yeah, yeah, you, that's right. Wade, that's right. You know, Wade Phillips is going to be in Sean McVay's ear, you know, talking to him, giving him advice all week. He's going to be there. The players are going to respond to that. And, you know, we're not going to sit here and act like, you know, Wade Phillips is some world beater coach because, you know, he's had more success as a, as a, uh, as a coordinator. But still, that's a veteran presence that have played, you know, that has coached in big situations. Um, and, Really, what it boils down to um, is I, I obviously I trust the Rams defense more, and I trust their running game. But I don't trust Matt Ryan. I, number one, I don't trust Matt Ryan. I don't trust Matt Ryan playing outside of the dome. True, that's true. You know, so all of those things combined, I think it's going to be a great story. It would be such a good story for the NFL to have the Rams literally go from worst to first if, you know, if they're able to do it, you know what I mean? I think that'll be just such a good story. Uh, and maybe hopefully a sign that we get some younger blood and coaching, you know, just on the backside of that. Um, yeah, I've been impressed with him. I've, I've really been impressed yeah, with him. The Falcons, the Falcons collapsing last year left me with no confidence. I already didn't like Matt Ryan. There's a couple of guys on that team that I do like. I like Devontae Freeman. Um, you know, a couple of guys on that defense. I like both their running backs. I mean, the talent. The Falcons have talent. Yeah. They have talent. It's not a. It's not a talent question. Once, uh, what's so what's my man's name? Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, Shanahan, and they got fucking. Uh, once, once he left, that team. That team left too. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, I agree. So, <laughs> I just know the words are really saying that offense is taking a step back. I mean, uh, the rest of the way, honestly, um, you know, whether or not I think it's the smart pick uh, in this in this particular matchup, I think it's a smart pick, and that's who I would like to root for. Um, but I think I'm I'm not like not bandwagoning, obviously. But you know, when your teams are not in, you have to pick a team to ride with for the playoffs. Um, you know, so I think, and I hope that the Rams are able to do it. I think it'll be a good story, and it'll be other than the same. You know, bullshit. Because if the Falcons go, they're going to be back on Matt Ryan's dick, and, and I just I can't stomach it for another postseason. To be one hundred percent honest with you, I agree. I agree with everything you said. I agree. Um, and then the other matchup, you got 
Panthers and the Saints. And this is another matchup that I struggled with because everything tells you the Saints are going to beat the Panthers. You know, they've beaten them two straight times, double digits, and then watch the Panthers come out and win on Sunday. So it just, it's, it's just classic. I mean, it's classic like that in sports. They, you know, you win, they win those games that you don't know how the hell they win or games that they're not supposed to win. You're just like, yo, what the fuck just happened here? To me, how the, did they find a way to do it? And they do it. Like, yeah, it's incredible. absolutely, I don't know if it's the absolutely. I don't know if it's Cam Newton just being Cam Newton. I think it's the coaching. I think it's the. I think it's the. Co- I think it's the coaching. I think Ron Rivera is an underrated coach. I like Ron Rivera. I've always felt like he's he doesn't get his just due because he's boring and he's bland. And he's not really that exciting. But I, I think he's a solid head football coach. Um, I, look, I, I think I give the Panthers a shot in this game. I don't think this is going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be a tough game. I think it's going to be a close game. I, I just I'm going to pick the Saints. I, I, and to me, by the way, these two teams. To me, I think the winner. I think these two teams, along with the along with the Rams, can make it to a Super Bowl. I don't. I, and I'll get to my Super Bowl picks later. I, I just, I, I just think that the Saints. I think at home in the dome, crowd on their side. That defense plays better at home. That defense is opportunistic. I just I can the Panthers score. I, I I that's the problem that I have with the Panthers. The Panthers offense, especially after they got rid of Kelvin Benjamin, I just can't trust that offense. I can't trust them to be to do anything. So I, I can they score enough? You know, and Cam Newton hasn't played well in the last couple games either. So I mean I, I just my gut tells me the Panthers because everybody's gonna pick the Saints. Like literally everybody is picking the Saints. So my gut tells me the Panthers. It's just one of those things, but I it's it's hard to pick the Saints, man. If this was on the road, I would pick the Panthers, but I I just think the Saints at home playoffs. You know, I I think the they're Saints gonna be look, the Saints didn't look particularly. Yeah, they didn't finish the season. They didn't finish the season well. You know, I, that's the one thing that worries me about the Saints. They didn't finish the season well. You know, they didn't I really. That they, they might have peaked too early. Yeah, that you know what? That's true. I, again, dog. If you would have asked me this question yesterday, I would have picked the Panthers, but I just. God, I just, I, I, to me, just like Buffalo, I, 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 you know, it's crazy because I'm picking Buffalo to upset Jacksonville, but, I, but, I, I, where's the points coming from? From in Carolina's case, uh, you know, where are the points coming from? I don't know. To me, Cam Newton's gonna have to have a hell of a game. I, I think you can't have that up and uneven Cam Newton performance. You can't have that up and down where he shows flashes and then he does bonehead things. Like to me, you're gonna have to have a monster performance from Cam Newton for the Carolina Panthers to win this game. And I think Drew Brees will do just enough. I think the running game, Kamara. Yeah, he's capable of doing it. I mean, this is not this is not like we're talking about Blake Bortles here. I mean, he's capable of doing it. I just don't think he has the weapons. You know, outside of McCaffrey, I don't think he has the weapons. So, uh, you know, I'm gonna go with the Saints, man. I, I think the Saints are gonna win it. You know, that's just me. Yeah, I, th- I think the Saints. Um, I think it's gonna probably be the Saints. Um, I think it's gonna be Saints, and um, yeah, they're probably gonna go to the. I think it's so hard to pick a team out of the NFC to. Dog, well, let's let's do it right now. Gun to your head, right now, dog. Go to the, dog. To the, the NFC championship. You know? Right now, right now, right now. Gun to your head. Your life is on the line right now. Give me your Super Bowl matchups. Two teams. Life on the line. Rams, Patriots. Okay. Okay. My Super Bowl pick, and that's your official Super Bowl pick, or is that your, like, pressured into an answer pick? That's my pressured into an answer, but... Give me your... All right, well, give me your... Give me your, give me your like, legitimate, this is but, who I'm predicting. Honestly, I don't really see... I don't really see... Actually, you know, my legitimate is... See, every team that I think about that has a good chance of making it. Like, we had this discussion last time that we spoke. Like, 
for every pro about a team that you have, you have a negative. NFC, yeah. Because the NFC yeah. is has the class of teams right now, aside from New England uh, and the Pittsburgh. If you want to give them that that type of recognition, um, but we can talk about the Vikings. The Vikings has one is the dominant defense in the league right now. What about the offense? Do we trust Case Keenum? Do we trust? I agree. The of I agree. Thielen? And um, oh shit, what's my boy's name? Um, uh, Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs. Yeah. Do we do we do we trust that? Yeah. Okay. So boom. We so boom. So boom. We flip the page to the Eagles. Their right? defense is great, man. Damn. Their defense is great. God, their Eagles, defense is good. Good. No Carson Wentz. Do yep. we trust? Do we trust no, I don't trust. I don't. I don't trust him. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. I don't trust. I don't trust Nick Foles. I don't. After, especially, especially, only really taking the reins a couple of weeks ago. So you have that unfamiliar and unfamiliarity aspect of it too. You know what I mean? So, and then we have the Rams, which you know you and I are both kind of high on them right now. Lots of inexperience at quarterback. At head coach, even though you do have the Wade Phillips aspect of it, um, you know the young team is probably just kind of learning how to play. But they got weapons. If Goff can get the ball to them, and they have arguably the MVP right now, so usually I lean to in the playoffs. I lean towards teams that can control the clock, and the Vikings can on behalf of their defense. But if you look at the Rams, have a dominant defensive line. They can get to the quarterback, and they can run the ball. Gurley's, you know, having a hell of a season. You know, he can run the ball, he can catch the ball out of the backfield, and they can still go deep, um, you know, off of play action when they need to. Um, so I'm having a hard time choosing between the Pick, players. nigga. Pick a team. Uh, pick two teams, bro. Go ahead, pick them. Go with your gut. Go with your gut. Go what's inside you. Go what's inside you. <laughs> From the AFC, I, already know, I, I don't think anybody's going to be the Patriots to get to the AFC title game, or to get to the Super Bowl, I mean. Um, but let's see. In the books, put it in pen. Um, I'm gonna say the Rams. Nigga, you you knew you wanted to go with it. Was a go with them, nigga. Shit, don't try, try to make it sound like I pressured you into picking the Rams, nigga. I had to think about it. I had to talk myself out of picking Minnesota. That's a good pick, though. I mean, even, I, even that's with, a good pick, though. Even with um, even with Goff's inexperience, he's better than Case Keenum. So, although I like Case Keenum, I'm, I'm not as down on Case Keenum as I am as other other kind of iffy quarterbacks. You know, I like Case Keenum. I've always felt like if in, in the right he's situation, had a, he's, had he's had a great year, and I've always felt like in the right situation he could be a competent quarterback. So it's 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 not too much of a dig on him per se, even though it is a dig on him. Um, but yeah, I mean the Rams pick is a good pick, man. I mean I like the Rams, man. The Rams have a little bit of of a special quality to them, and I like teams that can run and play defense. Yeah. Um, that can run the football, they can play defense, that can have a dominating defense, a dominating defense, not just a good defense, a dominating defense. Um, but that being said, uh, my pick out of the NFC is the Saints. I, I just I think the Saints are gonna. I, I you know I and again. This is, a weird, this is a weird pick because I can see the Saints losing on Sunday and this will all be for moot. But I, I don't know. I just I like the Saints. I think they're a different kind of team than they were when they won the Super Bowl in 09. They're, they're, they're still a dynamic offense, but they're a different type of dynamic offense. They're, they're, they can run the football well. Kamara is a fucking superstar. Uh, Ingram yeah. is balling. Their defense is opportunistic. Breeze is still Breeze. Um, 
I, I just like the Saints, and I think they're better equipped now to go on the road as opposed to in the past. And even in 09, I think they're better sure. equipped to go on the road and win a game than they are now. Plus, they get the Eagles, and I think anybody who gets the Eagles is lucky because I, I don't I don't see the Eagles winning that first game. I, I really, really don't. I, I just I think whoever plays the Eagles got a, basically a, an express ticket to the NFC Championship game. So I, I think <laughs> I think it's I think to me it's going to be Saints. And the Rams in the NFC Championship game. I think the Rams will go up to Minnesota and beat Minnesota. And I think it's going to be the Saints at Minnesota, at the Rams. And I think uh, I think the Saints are going to win the Super Bowl. I think the Saints are going to advance to the Super Bowl. And then in the AFC, okay. I think in the AFC, I will have an upset for you. I think the Chiefs will beat the Patriots in Foxborough next week. I, I'm calling it. I'm calling it right now. The Chiefs are not afraid of the fucking uh, of the Patriots, and the Pats are vulnerable. I have I'm, the Pats have not played well. You know, you know the Pats have not played well. I mean, even the even the Jets with Bryce Petty, who couldn't who couldn't throw the fucking ball to me, who couldn't throw the ball to me, and the Jets hung around in that game for a while. So I just don't like the way the Pats have played. I know maybe they could be lulling people to sleep just to get, just to, just at the right time to get you to pick against them, and then they fucking come out and blow everybody out. That's typical Patriots, so it doesn't surprise me. But I, I think if there ever was a year where there was a team that was going to beat the Patriots, I think this is the year. I, I don't think their defense is as good. I think Brady. I'm not saying he's showing warts of old age, but you know he hasn't played well either in the last couple weeks. Um, I, I think the and it's, I think the Chiefs match up well against New England. I, I just do, and I think they're not scared to go up to Foxborough and beat them. Uh, I know the I know they beat them in the first game of the year. I know that's different than going up there in, in January and beating them. But I, I just I got a funny feeling the Chiefs are going to get to an AFC Championship game. And then if they, and then to me, I think two weeks from now, I think you're seeing a an AFC title game of Kansas City at Pittsburgh. And I got the Steelers advancing to the Super Bowl, and I've got the Steelers and the Saints in the Super Bowl. That's my Super Bowl pick. <laughs> Steelers, Saints, Super Bowl pick for me. Now watch it be watch it be, of course, New England and fucking Atlanta again for the Super Bowl. But you know, for all for all we fucking know, we're no experts here. If New England plays, if the Patriots play the Falcons again, and the Falcons choke again, choke again, or or they get blown, or they get blown up, <laughs> they get blown out again. Yeah, yeah, that would be just bad. Bruh, if they get blown out, if the Falcons go to the Super Bowl and they get blown out. Nobody can tell me shit about that franchise ever again. Ever, ever. They overtake to me. They overtake the Bills if that happens. If they, if to me, that to me is worse than anything the Bills ever did. Because even as bad as the Bills did, they never had a twenty-eight to three. Never. Like the Bills never had. The Bills got their asses kicked in three Super Bowls, three of the four Super Bowls. They should have won the first one. It's just like that's the crazy part about the Bills. The Bills should have honestly won the first one. That's the one that they ever. They're gonna always regret. You know Scott Norwood, but the Bills got their asses kicked in three Super Bowls, but they never had a twenty-eight to three. That's just—I mean, you just—that's hard. To, that's hard to ever, ever live down, man. So, my pick is, is the Steelers and the Saints, man. That's my pick. I don't know. I, I, I'll be honest with you, man. You—you kind of sold me on the Rams. I almost went there with the Rams too. I almost went there with the Rams. I, I thought Rams Steelers would be an interesting like, matchup. I, it took, you know what it was because I had to convince myself to to separate them from the pack. You know what I mean? So whenever you do that, like that's when you pull out your most convincing arguments. You know what I mean? Cause yeah, yeah, definitely. It takes to convince yourself to do something. So when you do that, and then other people hear it, that's that's kind of how it is. Because I really was like literally on the fence for a second there, and you're like, boom, pull it out, and I was like, oh, all right. And then I, that's why I had to go through the motions about talking through. Talking through each team's strength and weaknesses so I can say, okay, 
which strength is better than this strength, but what weakness is going to be more likely to be exposed and exploited versus this one. You know what I mean? So um, I think if if Carson Wentz doesn't tear his ACL, this conversation will be a hell of a lot harder than it is now. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. Although I wasn't high on, I, I'll tell you, I wasn't high on the Eagles. I think to me, the Eagles got fat off a, a iffy schedule, a, a questionable schedule. I, I like Carson Wentz. Don't get me wrong. I love Carson Wentz. I like that defense. I just wasn't ready to say the Eagles were this. No doubt about it. They're getting to a Super Bowl. I, I wasn't ready. I, I've always, I was always a kind of a wait and see with the with the Eagles all year. I just wanted to see them in a big spot in a big game to see what they would do. Um, and they impressed me all year until you know until unfortunately Wentz went down. Until when Wentz went down, it was over. And with people that actually were actually making this claim that oh, well, Foles can step right in and they can still control. No, get the fuck out of here. Again, people forgot what Nick Foles was in St. Louis the last couple years before he went back to the Eagles. Like he was a disaster. The only thing that angers me about the Rams is their fucking uniforms. Like, get a uniform set that matches. Like, the white helmets with the gold. Yeah, That shit irritates the fuck out of me. That's because they're... So, somebody was explaining that to me. So, the NFL rules say that you can only make one change a year. So, the helmets, like, a uniform change, it counts, like... They couldn't change to the blue and white helmets and go to the blue and white uniforms at the same time. You can only make one change per year. I like I like the I like their St. Louis colors. I like their St. Louis colors. I don't know, maybe because I'm not I'm not a Rams fan, so I didn't grow up with the fucking bright yellow gold, you know, Rams uniforms or whatever. That's my favorite. The blue that and the blue and the white. Yeah, those were those were cool, but I like I like the I like their I like the I like their Super Bowl uh, I like their Super Bowl in St. Louis colors. You know what I mean? Like I, I like that color. I th- that's a perfectly fine color for a uniform. I just think the white and I I get what you're saying. The the the, the NFL of course the NFL would have a dumbass rule. What else? What else is new? But I just think oh god, it's just an eyesore, bro. God. Yeah, it is. It is, but I think next year they're gonna go to the blue and white joints full time. Thank God, just pick a fucking color, God, Lee. I mean, this should just look horrible. That it was the blue, and I know it's gold, but like the blue and yellow. I almost want them to lose. The original greatest show on turf joints is what I'm gonna call them. I almost want them to lose so I don't have to fucking sit there and nitpick at their fucking uniforms every week, dog. No, because it dry, so dog. It literally, it literally drives me. You know me. I'm a stickler for shit like that. Like their fucking uniforms just drive me insane. That's why I can't stand Oregon because every week is a fucking new uniform. Like pick a goddamn uniform. Golly, it was cool at first. Like it was cool at first, and then now it's like when you have 17 fucking different uniforms, it's stupid. God, just pick expression. Like just no. Just pick two fucking and the NBA is getting like that too now, where teams got like forty five different fucking uniforms. Pick two uniforms. I don't like it. I'm a traditionalist. I'm an old curmudgeon, man. I don't like variety. I like what I like. I like the shit that's there. Give me the shit I I don't want so Grouchy, man. I'm not a grouchy nigga, man. It's no, just the fuck. I just, I hate fucking, I hate when you try. And then, you know what? Another thing that I fucking hate, and I'm try, not trying to get into a rant because I know we got to go. We got a short show this week. But um, I, I just hate when teams now at home are wearing the road jerseys and the road jerseys, you know, at, on the, oh, oh yeah. it just drives me a fucking scene. Like, no, at home you wear white. On the road, you right. wear fucking... It's 2018. No! Something other than vanilla ice cream. No, man. No. Fuck that. This, this, I know it's 2018, and we, you know, inclusion is everything, and, and that's awesome in, 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 when you're talking about a social context. In sports, no. 
keep shit the way it is. Stop trying to change shit. God, it makes me mad, man. God, it's fucking... I'm watching the game the other day, and the Celtics had their, their green road uniforms against yeah. another team with the fucking... Their, the Bulls against their fucking red road uniform. I'm like, this is terrible. This is terrible. This is awful. Stop. Baseball is the only sport that you still know, has that, it right. That is an Ameri- That is a, a truly an American thing. Baseball, baseball to me is still the sport that has it right. As long as your colors don't clash, you can wear whatever the fuck you want. Just like I'm watching the Lakers Thunder right now. The Lakers got their Minneapolis throwback, the powder blue joints, and Oklahoma have their generic ass dark blue joints with the OKC. Uh, yeah, that's disgusting to me. That that literally that literally drives me insane when I see that. Like I can't even watch that. I'm a Laker fan and I can't watch that game tonight. Or I'll watch it just pissed off because it's like I wish I was colorblind for that very reason. I think you need to see. I think you need to see somebody. About I, I might. I might. Yeah, I might have PTSD, bro. Yeah, yeah. I, I you know you knew me. I was OCD, nigga. You always knew we were roommates. We yeah, lived together for eight months, nigga. You know I'm fucking OCD. So that shit just drives me insane. It just does, man. Like baseball to me is still the only sport that has it right. You wear white at home, gray on the road. That's it. That's how you do it. You know, don't try to get gray uniforms are trash. Look like they white uniforms got too dirty. Man, fuck that. You just, you just see you new age niggas now, man. That's the problem with you new age niggas, man. Y'all try to be, y'all try to be all different. That's that's what Lincoln Riley did in Oklahoma. Try to be new age and cute and lost the fucking game. You see that segue there? You see that now, segue? He got, he got, he got new age because he forgot that he has fucking Baker Mayfield and he just Dog, to that, the offense. That game drove me insane. A because I picked Oklahoma and I can't stand Oklahoma, so it's sick he for me co- to even pick. He coached that game not to lose. Oklahoma to play it safe and it backfired. Oklahoma collapsed. Oklahoma, I'll tell you right now, if I'm an Oklahoma fan, that game is going to bother me for years until they win a national championship. That's they, that's just as bad. That's just as bad as the Falcons. The, 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 the Oklahoma, for one, it's Oklahoma. And is there, and I tweeted this the other day. I was like, is there a college program that chokes more big games than Oklahoma in the last 20 years? Oklahoma always loses these type of games. But if I'm an Oklahoma fan, I'm sick to my fucking stomach. They pulled the Falcons. They pulled the Falcons. When you have a 31 to 14 lead, in a, in a basically a pseudo national championship game, win the fucking game. Stop getting cute. Stop stop squib kicking it at the end of half and giving the fucking team perfect fucking field position to, to run one play and kick a right. field goal. And then this is what drove me fucking insane. There's two things that drove me insane. Once they get the break of all time and they get the fuck, my man gets the defensive, uh, the, the recovers the fumble from Michelle and scoops it and scores. And then they fucking their defense actually shows up. They actually get a stop. My man actually gets a stop on defense, right? Baker Mayfield gets the ball back with five minutes left. Five minutes left. Baker, Lincoln, win the fucking game. That is when your Heisman, tro- that's where you put your game, That you put that game on your Heisman Trophy winner. And you say, mm-hmm. bring it home. Five minutes left, when bring it home. Don't team. run three straight running plays. I think they ran like three straight running yep. plays. That just, I, I yeah, almost broke like my fucking television because I couldn't believe it. That you would run three straight. <laughs> Win the game. Win the game. Oh, my God. It drove me fucking insane. It drove me ape shit. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I, and, then, and then in overtime, and then in overtime, you stop Georgia again. You stop Georgia again. You basically make them kick another field goal. And what do you do? You you play a conservative. You play a conservative in overtime. In college overtime. You play a conservative.
conservative and go for you know, fourth and two or fourth. I think it was like a fourth and one. They don't go for it. They kick a field goal. Why? Why? With your offense, with that quality, with that level, I know that the Georgia defense had stepped up and stopped them basically the entire second half outside of a couple plays. I know that the Georgia defense had stepped up. But I don't care. You've got Baker Mayfield. Win the fucking game. Oh, it drove me insane. I'm done. I'm done. My rant is over. My run is over. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much what I came here to say about that game. And then we really don't need to spend any time. I th- I th- Clemson, Clemson, like, Clemson put the fucking nation to sleep. If we, if, if niggas, if niggas, if niggas weren't already, if niggas weren't already sleep by the time that game started, what happened? I was about to turn that. I was about to turn that game off and play 2K. About to, nigga. I turned the game off. I was like, man, I can't watch this shit because uh, I knew, I knew that once, once Alabama went up seventeen to six, I knew it was over. I, I knew. And Kelly Bryant, uh, we could take Kelly Bryant out of the Hall of Fame. He, he, you know, niggas was dick sucking him all year too. Kelly Bryant is not that great. He's a wide receiver playing quarterback. Let's be real. He's a wide receiver yeah. playing quarterback. He is no Deshaun Watson. He is he Deshaun Watson. He is not. He's comparable to Deshaun Watson. The hell, he's not. That nigga's Aaron Brooks. He ain't no Deshaun Watson. That's for sure. But nah, he yeah. Th- congratulations for Alabama and Clemson for putting the nation to sleep. Thank God. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. As they they are the live version of Ambien. Because that shit was a yeah. bore fest. And now we got an all-SEC final. Uh, gun to your head. Who wins the national cha- title next Monday? Alabama. I, everything. Even I, everything I, don't like, I don't think Jalen Hurts is that good. Um, Jalen Hurts is fucking Hurts trash. Is really good. Um, I don't know. I, haven't watched, I admittedly haven't watched a lot of Georgia. Um, but Georgia kind of has this precedent of like winning games they're not supposed to. Um I feel like that's the theme. I've been I've said that like four times about teams today, and those are always the teams you have to worry about—the ones that somehow pull out a win. Yeah. Um, but they've they've had a really good season, obviously. But um, I don't know. It's hard to argue against Alabama. You know, when the lights come on, that's when they play pay their play their best, relatively speaking. So, um, yeah, I think Alabama's gonna win. Everything tells you Alabama, but I'm going to go with Georgia, man. I'm going to go with Georgia. The only reason I, I, I only reason I'm going to go with Georgia is because I think they have the QB advantage. I think I think Fromm is better than 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 uh, Jalen Hurst by a mile. I, I like that kid Fromm. I like what I've seen. He's a true freshman, and I like he played he played a hell of a game. He outplayed he outplayed Baker Mayfield. He outplayed Baker Mayfield. He outplayed Baker Mayfield. So I, that kid Fromm impressed me. Um, Georgia's running game. Oh man, their running game is fucking sick. I mean, Michelle and Chubb. I mean, they got two of the best running backs in the country on the same backfield. I, I just love that team. I think they've got. I I, I don't love that team, but I, I, I they have a good defense. I think they I think they're not going to be intimidated by Alabama. I think they match up well defensively. I think they. I think the. I think it's going to come down to the quarterback play. Can Jalen Hurts play as well as he did against Clemson? As he uh, as he's going to. Can he play as well against Georgia as he did against Clemson? And if he does, then I think Alabama. Has a hell of a shot. I don't see him doing that again. So I'm going to go with Georgia. I, I think Georgia's the Cinderella. I'm not really Cinderella because they were what the number three team in the country. So it's it's or number yeah. yeah it's the number three team in the country. So it's hard to hard to call them Cinderella. But um, I, I think out of the four, 
they are kind of the Cinderellas. So um, I'm going to go with Georgia, man. It just it just feels like it's their year, especially winning the game that the way they did in double overtime against Oklahoma. Uh, I just think Georgia's I think Georgia's a team of destiny right now. It's hard for me to say because I can't stand Georgia, and I know so many Georgia Bulldog fans. And it, ugh, I just I feel like throwing up after I said that, but I just think Georgia's. A, and plus, I who doesn't hate Alabama? And we're tired of fucking. I can't yeah, I can't physically yeah, see Alabama winning. I can't. I mean, I'm. A, I, it's it's strange to say this as much as I despise with every fiber of my bone watching the Patriots. I'm more tired of the of the of the of of Alabama than I am the Patriots. I mean, it's enough already. God, go away. Jesus Christ. And then they're fucking annoying bandwagony fan base. Roll time. Roll time. Like, uh, enough already. Enough. You're screaming roll tide, but you're from fucking Oregon. Like, get the fuck out of here. You're not an Alabama fan. Get the fuck out of here. But anyway, yeah. I, I just can't stomach seeing Alabama win another national title. I just, oh, God. Oh, God, no. So I'm going to go with Georgia. Now watch Alabama beat. But I have more confidence in this Georgia team because it's not coached by Mark Rick, who constantly blows fucking yeah. big games. Uh, see Miami, Wisconsin, uh, if anybody had any questions about Mark Rick and his coaching. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. Yeah. That turnover chain wasn't so popping then. Oh, God. I'm so glad Miami fucking lost that fucking dumbass turnover. Not, not to mention Miami's indicting themselves with waving a fucking, a fucking Cuba link chain. <laughs> That's just, bro, that's just fake. Uh, probably should. It wouldn't surprise me, but it's, yeah, it's fucking Miami. I can't stand Miami. The sugar canes, as I like to call them. But yeah, I, I just dog. I can't believe fucking Oklahoma, man. Because uh, that were my pick. That was my pick to win a national championship was Oklahoma, and I was just like, fuck. They blew this game. They blew this fucking game. And then and then what really as bad as the as the last five minutes of regulation was, overtime just really drove me insane. They're just conservative ass play. You just stopped Georgia. They kicked the field goal. All you need is a touchdown to win at the 25-yard line. And you got Baker Mayfield. And I get the defense had stopped them all day. I, I at least in the second half. Go for the win. Go for the win. It wasn't like it was fourth and eight. It was fourth and one. Get the fucking yard. Oh, it drove me insane. It drove me insane. And then you never can trust kickers in college. Never. Never. I don't know why these coaches continue to put their money on college kickers. I, I just don't. Yeah, don't never. trust the kickers. It's hard to trust kickers in the NFL. Well, yeah, only, 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 well. only Blair Walsh. But, but anyway. Um, yeah. Oh, God. It just drove me insane. It just drove me insane. But, yeah, man, we're going to get up out of here. Thank my co-host, Jeff, for joining me. Uh, we're gonna cut it short this yeah, week no since it's a uh, first week back from a holiday, so we gotta ease our way into this to this thing. We'll be back to our normal flow of things next week. Uh, coming back at y'all our weekend our weekend time slot the normal. We just figured we'd come at y'all during the weekday because uh, obviously the playoffs are about to start this weekend, so we wanted to get a head start on our predictions and whatnot. But um, Judd, as always, man, thanks you for joining me, man. Uh, shout out to Luke. You know, Luke is still on, on paternity leave. You know, you know he's got a new baby at home, so you know you got to take care of daddy duties and. And whatnot. So uh, shout out to Luke. Um, I have that try him join us next weekend as well. But yeah, man, thanks for joining me, man. Uh, shout out to you. Have you seen Star Wars yet? Real quick, have you seen Star Wars yet? Yeah. All right, we'll talk about it next 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 Sunday. Yeah, but we'll talk about it next Sunday. Um, we're gonna take a little break and then I'm gonna come back with files of the week, man. But yeah, Judd, thanks for joining us, man. Shout out to you, man. Be safe out there in the Northeast or as I or 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 um, you know Green Bay slash Ann Arbor 2.0.
Yeah, bro, we about to get hit with this big-ass snowstorm, so if y'all live in the, uh, y'all probably catch this after the storm, though, but, uh, stay warm, everybody. Yeah, stay warm, man, man. Hey, man, stay safe, man. Uh, you know, hit me offline, uh, make sure everybody's safe, man. Definitely. Shout out, though, man. But, yeah, thanks Definitely. for joining me on the show, man. I'll holler at you next week, bro. All right, peace out. Brothers and sisters! Fouls of the week, and uh, I guess there's no real surprise what my foul of the week is. I mean, I've been stewing about this for for a couple of days, and 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 even after a couple of days have passed and settled in, I watched that performance on Sunday, and it just got me angry again. Now, my foul of the week is to my franchise, the Jets, and as I write the epitaph for my team for this past season. But specifically, the foul goes to Woody and Chris Johnson, the brilliant, fabulous owners of my beloved football team, who decided late last week that the inept, incompetent loser of a head coach that this team currently employs was worthy of not just a one-year extension. No, 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 no. He needed to get a two-year extension. A two-year extension for a guy who has won 10 games in two years. His record is 10 and 22. 10 and 22 in two football seasons. 10 and 22. A marvelous 10 and 22. Now, I know that some of the, the Bulls believers, the Bulls dick suckers out there will say, and, and the Bulls dick suckers, those Bulls believers, are mostly the folks in the media. Because, And I'll get to that in a second. Oh, well, he won 10 games in 2015. He almost made the playoffs. Oh, 10 games. He won 10 games in his first year. But they forget to mention that they had a chance to go to 11 and 5 and make the playoffs as a wild card all they had to do was beat a lousy buffalo bills team coached by the former head coach of this fabulous football franchise i chose to root for back in 1994 rex ryan yeah the guy that the media this same media couldn't wait to get the hell out of town they couldn't wait to they they practically offered to drive rex to the airport to get rid of fucking rex and I know Rex had his faults and he had his flaws. And even I, who were who was a big Rex fan and loved Rex and was, you know, was a huge proponent of Rex, even I said it was time for Rex to go. So I'm not going to sit there and be fake and phony about it. But you had some fans and basically all of the media that was ready to write this guy out of town. Well, that same Rex Ryan outcoached this marvelous head coach in week 17 two years ago. In Buffalo, where this team had the biggest game it's had in a long time. Win and you're in. Win and you're in. Win and you're in. And this team laid a complete and absolute egg in Buffalo. And this coach was completely outcoached by Rex Ryan. And then what happens? Eh, you give them a break. Ah, you know what can happen to anybody. You lose one game, blah, blah, blah. It's a rival. Okay. All right. But there's already signs there 
that you don't like if you're a Jets fan. You already see things that you don't like as a Jet fan. So then we go on to 2016. Ryan Fitzpatrick's back. Muhammad Wilkerson, you know, gets a big extension. Everybody's gung-ho. The Jets are going to make the playoffs this year. They're going to avenge for that 10-6 and season and missing the playoffs by one game. And da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And let's all sing Kumbaya. They have arguably one of the worst seasons in franchise history when you think about expectation versus the results. A 5-11 and season for a team that had started out 2-0. For a team that was at, at very best was expected to compete for a playoff spot. And they collapsed. That locker room crumbled. Brandon Marshall was hated by everybody. Sheldon Richardson was a jackass. I mean, that could, you know, Darrell Rivas wasn't exactly, uh, you know, Darrell Rivas circa 2008. I mean, it, a complete disaster of a football season was last year. Media. Oh, you got to give him a chance. You can't fire him after one year, one of what, after two years, one of which was 10 and six, blah, 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 blah. The, you know, the locker room collapsed. Darrell Rivas got old, yada, 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 da, 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 da. all these other things. Okay. So, of course, they strip it. They break it down this year, this past offseason. You know, they basically get rid of anybody, anybody above the age of 30 years old, anybody making big time money, they get rid of, right? They strip it down completely. The Jets are tanking. The Jets are completely rebuilding from the ground up. Right. So no need to fire a coach, even though you can make the case that Bowles should have been fired last year. No need to fire our head coach because they're rebuilding and tearing it down anyway. So we come into this season. No expectation. Article after article, media site after media site, publication after publication saying the Jets are going to be the worst team in football. They, they go, they're going to go on in 16. They're going to go one in 15. They're going to go two and you know, two and 14. And I'll be on record. I never thought the Jets were going to be that bad because I knew it would be perfect. I know this franchise. I may not know it as much as some other Jet fans that have rooted for this team since the early 60s, like Joe Beningo and some other famous Jet fans. But I know this franchise. I know this franchise since 1994. And it's so Jet-like for the year that every, for the year, for a year that has probably one of the best QB classes as far as talent in a long, long time. And for a year that everybody in the world expects this team to fall off completely off the map, they play above their heads. It's it's, it's so Jet-like. I, I predicted it early in the offseason. I predicted it last year. I predicted it. This I predicted it before the NFL season started that the Jets would overachieve. And that's what they did. They overachieved. They played they played hard. They played tough. They played a they played a branded football that was fun and exciting. All the while, they won five games. And I'll admit, I bought into it. I sipped the Kool-Aid. I fell for it. I was there with every other Jet fan excited. Excited. And I'll and I'll admit they gave me good moments. They beat the Chiefs. They beat the Browns. You know, they beat the Bills. They had good moments. And what happens? As always, the Jets show why they are the Jets. And Todd Bowles continues to show that week by week, he is an incompetent, inept head coach. The season falls apart. Josh McCown, who actually played well, surprisingly, call me silly, call me stupid, because I thought Josh McCown was going to be a disaster, played well. Actually played solid. Gave the Jets a chance in every game he played. He gets hurt. The season falls apart. We put in Bryce Petty. I know I've been a proponent of Bryce Petty. He fucking sucks. He couldn't hit me if I was wide open. 
And of course, another 5 and 11 depressing ass season. But it's not that. But even that rundown that I just gave y'all, that doesn't upset me. The fact that these two idiots that run my franchise decide to give Todd Bowles, not not a one-year extension, because of course there's that myth in the NFL that you can't have, or in sports, that you can't have a lame duck coach. You know, you can't have a guy coaching on a one-year deal, you know, no security, which I think it's total bullshit. I think it's such a cop-out. I think it's an excuse that's long been embedded to give guys a reason to, to feel safe and secure. I, I don't buy that at all. I've never bought it. I've never bought that a team is not going to listen to a coach because because he's on a one-year deal. Has it happened before? Yes. Can it happen? Yes. I don't think it's the norm. I don't think it's. I don't think the team is going to look in August. Oh, I'm not going to run these laps, or I'm not going to do these drills because Todd Bowles is only here for a year and maybe not two or three. I, I don't buy it. It's bullshit. But be that as it may, it's customary to teams to give a coach or a GM on a one-year on a one-year deal a one-year extension so that he's not a quote-unquote lame duck. But what do but what do Chris and Woody, the, the geniuses that they are, what do they do? They give Todd Bowles a two-year extension. A two-year extension. And then I gotta hear Chris John Chris Johnson tell me Todd Bowles is a great coach. Todd Bowles is a great coach? Nigga, what the fuck is you smoking? Are you just sniffing some of that Johnson Johnson powder? Your fucking granddaddy was funnel into all babies and kids for 50 60 years is that what you're sniffing Todd Bowles is a great coach Todd Bowles is a great coach come on man come on son like really like really are you that blind are you that blind and then, of course, the media celebrates it. Oh, can, you know, the Jets did a good thing. Stability. Blowing off fucking Todd Bowles as they tend to do. Stability. The Jets overachieved. They overachieved. Nobody expected the Jets to be this good. Nobody expected the Jets to be this. What? 5-11? and 11? Inept? A bad football team? Yeah, I'm pretty sure everybody expected the Jets to be bad. And because they weren't 2-14, and whoop-de-doo, I'm supposed to throw a parade. A parade! Flowers and candies and unicorns and everything is supposed to be just great and wonderful because the Jets didn't go 1-15. They went 5-11. and Seriously? That's the state of my franchise now. That's what we've gone. That's the. That's that's how far we've come, as a jet, as a, as a New York Jets organization, that we celebrate five and eleven. It's not like we're celebrating seven and nine. It's not like we're celebrating eight and eight. God forbid nine and seven. Five and eleven. Five and eleven. Five and eleven. You read these articles and you listen to these media people, and you would think, and you, and you listen to analysts that cover the Jets and work for the Jets. You would think the Jets won nine games. You would think the Jets won seven games. I would hate it. I would hate it if they were seven and nine or eight and eight. But I can understand it. Five and eleven, and I can make the case that Bulls blow games. Blow games. He blew the Atlanta game. 
blew the Carolina game. And the most infuriating thing was this team pulled a no-show, not once, but twice, twice against teams that they had no business losing to. Right before the bye, right before the bye, the Jets had a chance to go five and five. And think about how different the season would have been if they go into that bye week five and five. But what happens? Bowles doesn't get his team ready to play. When your team doesn't show up and you lose to the Tampa Bay Bucks on the road, that's on coaching. That's on coaching. When your team doesn't show up to play a game, that's on coaching. That's not X's and O's. That's not schemes. That's not slot, you know, you know, defensive scheme. That's not any of that. That is coaching. That is coaching. And then they pull another no-show against Denver, a team that at that point had lost eight straight fucking games. Eight straight games. Again, coaching. 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 But what do we do as a New York Jets organization? We celebrate mediocrity. We celebrate average. We celebrate bad. And 5-11 and is mediocrity. 5-11 and is bad. It's bad. Bill Parcells said it best. You are what your record says you are. If you're 5-11, and you're 5-11. and If you're 9-7, and you're 9-7. and That's it. That's it. But no, not the Jets. We celebrate 5 and 11. Some teams may celebrate 9 and 7. Some teams may celebrate, you know, uh, 8 and 8. No, 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 not the Jets. No, we celebrate 5 and 11 because, of course, we weren't expected to be here. We were expected to be a disaster. A disaster. Oh, God, I cannot believe they gave this man a two year extension. And I know it's a two year extension. And theoretically, if they come out next year and suck, which they most likely do, much most likely will do because he's a fucking inept coach and they go six ten, six and ten for some reason. They could always fire him. I get that. But it's just the optics. It's just the optics. It just doesn't look good it doesn't sit well with most jet fans most common sense having jet fans it doesn't sit well you are celebrating and rewarding ineptness you are celebrating and rewarding mediocrity and that is the reason why the jets have been in this situation for 49 years what situation you may ask non-jet fan haven't been or won a Super Bowl in 49 years. And part of that is not because we've just been unlucky. A lot of that is because we have run our franchise poorly. Everybody from Leon Hess to these two idiots running the franchise now. We celebrate mediocrity. We celebrate ineptness. And that's what you showed your entire fan base by giving this inept, awful loser of a fucking coach a two year, 
a two-year extension. Unbelievable. I'll tell you this much. The Jets have $100 million in cap space. This is a big-ass offseason for Todd Bowles, and this is a big-ass offseason for that GM, Mike McCagnin. They better, they better put a team that's respectable on that football field next September. They better. They better go out there and get a fucking quarterback, whether it's Kirk Cousins, whether it's Josh Allen, whether they trade up to get Darnold or Rosen. They better, better get a quarterback. And they better win. They better win more than seven fucking games. Because if they don't, I want them all out. All. Both of them. But knowing Chris and Woody, they might just give, they might just give them a four-year extension after they fucking go six and ten next fucking year. Hey, well, they're one game better than they've been the last two fucking years. You fucking idiots. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And you wonder, you wonder why the Jets have not won a championship in almost 50 years. You wonder. That's my foul of the week. The New York Jets. The horrible, the sorry, the miserable, the inept New York Jets. Specifically, New York Jets owners, Woody and Chris fucking Johnson. I guess Woody had time this week to 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 leave his most important, valuable job, you know, being the ambassador of Great Britain to 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 chime in on the Jets on the state of the Jets. Fucking idiot. And then Chris Johnson, he hasn't proven that he's any any genius either. Oh, God. Why did I root for this team? Why did I root for this team? Why couldn't I have been a Steelers fan or uh, a fucking Broncos fan or some shit? Why? Why? At least I would have seen a fucking Super Bowl in my lifetime. Why? But I don't. I chose the root for the Jets. I chose the root for this awful fucking team that's been poorly ran for 40 years. But that's enough ranting and raving about my awful football team that I choose to root for. I'm going to get up out of here, man. Short show this week. Uh, Jet couldn't stick around to the end. He's got to go prepare for another snowstorm to hit the East Coast. What else is new, right? It's supposed to hit sometime tonight, early morning. Um, it feels like the whole country is freezing over right now. I mean, even in Florida, they got like 40 degree weather. So it's crazy, man. It's crazy. But uh, please be safe out there, everybody. Please stay warm. Stay dry. Don't do anything stupid. Uh, happy New Year, everybody. Hopefully everybody had a blessed and happy holiday season. Um, and, um, you know, on to bigger and better things in 2018, man. I just want to thank everybody who supported and listened to the show in 2017. Uh, all my co-hosts. All my guests that appeared on the show, who contributed on the show, man, thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart, man. You guys made 2017 an awesome year, man. I lived out my dream to, to host my own sports show. So, um, And in, in 2018, the goal is to get bigger and better, man. That's the goal. So we're going to do everything possible to get bigger and better. And that starts with you guys listening and supporting the show. So if you like the show, keep listening, keep subscribing, keep downloading, man. The show is everywhere. It's on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and every and every, every, every other podcasting services. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. So there's no excuse to not listen to the show, man. We're everywhere. Um, as always, follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, the TF Podcast One. Follow me on Twitter, at the Manual Brown. Follow Jut on Twitter, 
at Judge It Too. Follow us on Facebook as well, The Technical Foul Podcast, as well as the TFP Nation Facebook fan page. That page is crazy. It's crazy. Some funny ass memes and comments that go on that page, man, for real. But as always, man, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Uh, we'll be back next Sunday. Not this Sunday, but next Sunday with a brand new episode of the Technical File Podcast. So hopefully everybody has a nice weekend, enjoys the football. Um, for my co-hosts, Jut and Luke, I am Manny Fresh. We are out. Peace. Happy New Year, everybody. Serious, serious.